Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Langmaid here with Dr. Jason Deitch. Welcome to The Smart Chiropractor, where every week in 30 minutes, we show you how you can become a smart chiropractor. We think of that in terms of stable and predictable income and revenue for your practice, what we call a payday practice. We've explored a lot regarding chiropractic marketing over the past few weeks. And today we are tackling maybe one of the most important issues yet, which is why your chiropractic website is not enough. A lot of docs spend a lot of money, time, effort, energy, on their website. We believe there is a lot more to that picture than meets the eye. So maybe I'll just lead in with the question, why would we even name this episode, Your Chiropractic Website Isn't Enough? Uh, because a lot of chiropractors think it is. Uh, when it comes to you know marketing, many of them pretty much limit it, right? It's like, you know, well, why would I go to a chiropractor? I'm not doubled over, in, I don't have neck pain or back pain, why would I go? Uh, and a lot of chiropractors think to some degree, you know, I've got a website and I do search engine optimization, why would I need anything more? Um, and that's really, I think, the issue is most chiropractors are not thinking in terms of how to get their message out. We call it teach and invite consistently. And they are living in the old world, the old model, um, which is when someone's in pain, they'll go to a search engine. Personally, I think most people will ask a friend, but there's a, a, a supposition that they'll go to a search engine, type in chiropractor, my town, my zip code, and if you're the first to show up or on the first page, uh, somehow maybe because you have the cheapest offer, uh, somebody will end up in your office, and chiropractors call that a success. Um, and for some it may be. There's nothing to put down about it necessarily, except to say that it's not much different to me, in my opinion, than you know somebody that goes, well, this is great. I got a headache. I take my aspirin. I feel better. It works. And on one argument, you can go, well, I guess it kind of did. But on another argument, you go, yeah, but that doesn't really correct the cause of the problem. And I'm going to suggest to some degree the same thing here, that the if you are a chiropractor limiting your practice to people in pain looking for temporary pain relief uh, who live near you, um, then maybe that's all you need to do if that's the you know you're satisfied with that type of clientele. But what most chiropractors I don't think are really, I'll say, say paying attention to, is the opportunity of the larger market. What I mean by that is. You know, I've done some math to sort of come to the conclusion that there's roughly around, maybe even less than, 1% of the, of the active population in the United States today actively searching for a chiropractor. You go online, you go to Google, you're like, how many people are searching chiropractor? There's likely less than 1% of the entire population who are going, chiropractor now. Okay. So... Who's talking to the 99% of people that are not today searching for a chiropractor? And uh, if you're not, somebody else is, I promise you, and they're gonna be teaching them something and inviting them to something that's likely not you in your office. So we say for those chiropractors that are looking to reach the 99%, not necessarily instead of, but in addition to the 1%, that all, almost all chiropractors are fighting for. That's the other part of it, right? So now you're competing for 1% with everyone. Uh, they, there's books that refer to that as the red ocean, right? All the sharks are feeding for the one thing versus the blue ocean, which is look how expansive, look at the possibilities. And if you just use some logic and common sense and think about how you use chiropractic, uh, 
there's a really good chance you probably use it for health enhancement, performance enhancement, uh, risk reduction, like I hope I, something bad doesn't happen, beyond just temporary pain relief. Um, so we say that your website isn't enough because the way, you know, wh where and how would 99% of the people find your website in order to then initiate or connect with you or learn from you from your website? Social media has very much become the answer to the, you know, okay, if it's not enough, what is enough? Um, and the difference is, and that's what we're just trying to hope people sort of get is, most websites, I know somebody's gonna go, yeah, not mine, I got it, okay, there's an exception every once in a while, but most websites are designed to be destinations, right? You go to a search engine, it's a click, and end up at a website. Um, social media really appeals to the 99% because it allows you to push out, to amplify your unique voice, and to, as we keep saying, teach and invite consistently, which means teach people something they wanna know and invite them to take a next step. And that next step might be visit my website. But now you're reaching the massive audience of people that you have the potential to connect with and invite to become long-term clients as opposed to fighting, competing. You know, we jokingly have referenced you know, the, the, the competition to win the race to the bottom, the lowest price leader is not what most chiropractors should pride themselves on wanting to be. There's gonna be one, right? Um, and maybe they're set up. I mean, supercuts is supercuts. They're great uh, for a particular market. Um, but high-end people, high, I shouldn't say I go to supercuts, so people looking for, um, for high-level professional services are often willing to pay and are usually searching for the best not necessarily, and get referrals from friends and family as opposed to going to a search engine. Nobody types in best lawyer in town and expects the best without getting some reference from people they might know. They might check, oh, you told me about a lawyer, let me go check and search. But websites are just not enough to, to really connect with the larger market opportunity today. Well, there, there's two aspects of that, right? One, and it's really, it's a, it's a divide in camps. There is Camp, Google, and YouTube. Google owns YouTube, and those are, um, I guess what you, you, you could say, depends on which, how your definition of passive or active, but they are question and answer territory, right? YouTube is the second largest search engine only to Google, and it's owned by Google. So they have locked up the largest search engines. If you are looking for an answer to a question, there is, a, there's, there is validity to that. There is benefit to that. That is a good thing to do. And incidentally, most chiropractors' websites do a very poor job of answering questions. And that's if you have a have a website, which almost every doc does, the goal of your website should be to answer the questions. Like by definition, it is a destination, as you said. But most aren't set up that way whatsoever. Exactly. So it's the, the irony of it there. And then you look at the other side and there is camp, Facebook, and Instagram. Facebook owns Instagram. And those are social channels, as you said, that amplify the message. It's not necessarily, very few people go on Facebook or Instagram to, they're not, there's no, you're not searching for an answer. Yeah. You're discovering and connecting and understanding more about what's going on in and around your social circle, as we would call uh, the doc's health tribe. And these are just fundamentally different ways to go about it. Again, irony being is that most docs overspend on a website that doesn't even do what it's intended to do, which is answer questions very cleanly and appropriately. Most have 
call to action that I don't understand. And I'm a chiropractor. They're not built out very well. You know, the SEO is, is optimized at multi hundreds of dollars per month add on that really, you know, when I look at the packages, it makes me you know, squirm and, you know, because I feel like I know a little bit about that. Um, and then they compound this by not spending enough time on the social platforms of Facebook and Instagram, by not teaching and inviting consistently, by not giving others the opportunity to comment, engage, and share the message, whether it's controversial, whether it is um, you know, uniform and, and well accepted, whatever the message is, it's about that engagement and exposure, not necessarily as the other side of Google and YouTube is, of answering a specific question. And if all you're trying to do is be the answer to the question, and you're not even set up appropriately on your website to do that, your website's not going to be enough. And even if it was, even with an ideal website that is completely actually optimized, not the company sells you an optimization tool that actually doesn't work, but is actually optimized and you're getting really great traffic there, it's even more reason to take and you know diversify and utilize the social platforms. Specifically, I'm gonna say Facebook and Instagram. We have two billion people, one and a half billion people respectively on each platform to be able to engage. Because as you said, out of those people, out of those billion people, out of those 100 people, one might be asking the question, but 99, AKA they're going to Google and searching, whereas 99 might be interested in what their friends are. They are, they might be. They are interested in what their friends are up to, what's new, what's interesting, what's going on, right? You search it and you scroll through to see what's going on. And that is incredibly impactful. And if you don't have a consistent message there, you're just missing out. If you're waiting for the patient, the person to ask the question, you're missing out on 99 of the people who might be interested in an answer, but not asking the question. What well, one of the uh, best ways I've understood the distinction from the experts, I'll say too, um, you know, literally the people that invented these technologies was uh, the distinction between search and social. Search addresses people's current demand. So somebody has a problem, they want an immediate solution. You go to a search engine, right? I need, I, here's, my, here's what I'm looking for, where do I find it? Okay, so that makes perfect sense. But what social does is it really works with what's referred to as latent demand. Demand is I want it now. Latent demand is I'm interested in it, I'm just not sure I'm interested in it at this very second, which means I'm not actively searching for it. And a great example that sort of was like, oh, I get it, was what social media allows you to do is put your message in front of the right people. As an example, uh, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. So I don't wake up in many cases going, let me search for Golden State Warriors either information or let me search for tickets, right? If I'm going to a game tonight, I'll go search for tickets. But if the Warriors are smart, and they are, then what they tend to do is they push both content and boost ads to those people that are connected to them on a regular basis because there's a latent, wait a minute, I wasn't thinking about going to the Warriors game tonight. But thanks for reminding right. me there's a game. And either I'll watch it or I'll go. Uh, so that's very much the difference is most chiropractors are very much focused on, are you searching? Do you want one? 
Are you in pain? Uh, and that's obvious and that's true, but it's extremely limited. So just the concept that there's this thing called latent demand, that they have an interest in their health, they have an interest in improving their well-being, they have an interest in getting better, that's an interest. And it's not until you wake up that interest that they go, come to think of it, I am a fan of getting better. Come to think of it, I actually don't feel great and I would like to go. They just didn't move into the demand side where they actually then took action to go search. I've seen roughly, you know, you could probably generously say, I've, I've done, my calculation is 1% uh, or less is actively searching, has a demand for a chiropractor today, leaving 99%. Depending on what it is, usually it's 5% or less of the population is actively searching. So between 95 and 99% of the population who is eligible and likely at some level, whatever you want to call it, 80% of the 90%, those are people that if you just put the right message at the right time with the right credibility, people forget that it's not just the information, it's information they can trust that is really what makes things more effective than they are. Otherwise, websites just aren't enough and it's too bad so many chiropractors are just like, I'm good. And yet then they'll go, to, I'll see them at a seminar, how you doing? Stress, need more, need more new patients, need more new patients. I mean, it's just, it's just difficult to watch most of the profession suffer when there is no shortage of people literally driving by their office, probably as we speak, with an absolute demand they don't necessarily know that they have for your services but because we just sort of, you know, wait to, are you in pain now? How about now? Well, when you're ready, you go search and then you'll find my website, which even then, I mean, I could rant on this for hours, is not even close to optimized for relationships. One of our core principles, right? So it's like a brochure. You're like, oh, this is pretty. Those are nice pictures. And then you put it down, right? You leave. How most, if not all, websites are not optimized to have some sort of beginning of relationship known as an opt-in. We talked about email in a previous episode. You know, if you're, you know, you should have a website, but at least have it optimized to do something beyond be some general brochure repository that, you know, everybody can find me with the assumption they're actually going to dig deep into your website to find all of these things. And if most people look at their website statistics, which most people don't, you'll find most are not really going much deeper than the first page. Most are hardly even going beyond this, the fold, uh, meaning what's on the immediate screen. So if you are stuck in the mindset of, I'm good, I got a website, um, you know, I got a certain amount of leads because you know, I'm optimized and I, I pay extra to be on the first page of Google, wonderful. But you're missing out on 99 plus percent, not only of the people, but of the people who would be coming to you for much longer than just those looking for the demand of immediate temporary pain relief. Yeah, one, one of the high impact points I th that we've seen with, uh, with, I know with Cairo emails within the smart chiropractor is, it's tying into what you're saying, is the ability to, to put that, that opt-in directly on the website. You know, and then when somebody enters their email address, whether you're delivering a lead magnet, right, some PDF or, or a video, whatever you want to deliver, 
um, but they're entering their email in, it ties directly into Cairo emails into a subscriber list that automates that weekly email follow-up that we discussed last time. So you're going to, you know, the person is statistically, they're going to come in. If you set that chain up correctly, they'll see you at some point. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. And it's not because you competed on an advertisement, but it's because they got something of value and you've continued to build that relationship throughout time. And in an ideal world, you know, the website is that portal to direct to email, to direct to social. I guess my question to you would be, what of the doc out there that's saying, well, I actually know my emails, um, my website stack. I got 500 people that visit my website a, a month and you know, I get about 20 new patients that come into the practice per month. I think it's due to my website because that's all I focus on. And when I put up a post on Facebook last year and it reached five people. Right. Um, I don't know if I want to do that. It doesn't seem very effective. What, what's your thought? Uh, with that attitude, it's not. <laughs> um, that, that's really you know, what we're doing with the smart chiropractor is, is to help people understand what these tools do. Uh, you know, you give me a tool kit, you know, with hammers and chisels and nails and screwdrivers. And I got to tell you, I don't really know much how to build much of anything. I mean, I could, you know, screw in a light bulb, I can hammer in a nail, I could screw a screw, but I don't really know how to build things. Um, and that's really what this is. These are tools that can help you build something. Um, and that something really is a multiple channel, multiple ways. We talked earlier about you know, email that, you know, some people love you, but they may unsubscribe from your email because they wanna connect with you in a different format. So in today's day and age, we've got to have multi-channel ways in which we're consistently communicating, teaching and inviting, not just communicating like, well, I sent my coupon across all these different channels, but that you're building trust and you're establishing value and you're staying consistent. It's the difference between selling and serving. Selling means you want to buy now? How about now? It's a really good deal. It's 18 bucks. How about 17? That's selling. It stinks. Nobody really likes doing it. A handful of people like doing it. Most people don't. Uh, and most chiropractors certainly don't. Serving is actually connecting to your, your purpose, your reason, your drive, your motivation. Uh, you know, whether you're on sort of the, I want to save the world side, or whether you're on the, I'm great at what I do and I really want to help people solve this problem side, uh, or somewhere in between, you know, let's just kind of bottom line that if you're a doctor, it should be about serving people based on their needs, not yours. And, you know, having an audience or a tribe of people that willingly want to learn from you on a regular basis because of your expertise because of your desire to teach, because of your willingness to invest in teaching people not just about what you sell, but about what they need, right? We, like we don't sit here and go, let me tell you about the Smart Chiropractor Program. You get this, that, and the other thing, and that's why you should buy it now. There's a time and place for that, and people, many people watching and learning will end up doing that, but there's a difference between saying, you know what, let's teach people what they need to know to make the right decision. Many will, many won't. <laughs> but those who do, you know, listen to our podcasts, watch our videos, sign up for our genius newsletters and our, our email, our uh, guides, our newsletters, engage in our private group. We've got hundreds of people that receive our information that are not yet clients. But that's okay. <laughs> 
either one day they will be, either they'll never be, but they're like, that Jason and Jeff, they keep teaching this great stuff. In fact, I just saw this video. I just heard this podcast. I just watched this. And they'll share it with their friends and they'll go, who's that again? And then they'll opt in. And so your goal isn't, you want to buy now? How about now? Your goal should be, you know, the smart approach as we think of it, uh, is to keep on putting your truth out there with the trust that if you stay consistent, if you teach people what they need to know, not just what you want to sell, in time, some, not all, but some, and I'll dare say enough, will want to continue to learn from you, will want to refer to you, will want to be a client, be a patient, and you don't have to feel like you sold or sold your soul or sold out in order to get them out of your desperation. You can feel proud that you put your truth out there. You were smart enough to learn, like if I were gonna build something, I'd get a blueprint. <laughs> I'd get an expert who's built this before, and I'd say, I wanna build something like what you build. Can you show me the plan? And can you even build some of it for me so I can do as little as I have to to build that thing you're talking about? That, that's what we're saying is that, you know, if you wanna have the kind of practice that doesn't just get new leads and get more new coupon people that are saying, okay, that's a great deal, deal shoppers. But you wanna build an audience of people that go, you know, I've been following you for a long time now. I'm so impressed with what you're teaching. I'm amazed at your consistency and I really appreciate your values. And it was, it was that 40th newsletter yeah. that I read when I finally turned you know, 51 years old and it was my birthday and I just dawned on me that, you know, I'm, today is the day I'm gonna do something about my health. Your message at the, at not your time, but on my time was what made the difference for me to say yes at this point. That's the kind of communication that today and tomorrow's most successful chiropractors are gonna be doing. So do you think the docs need to be, on social specifically, Facebook and Instagram, let's be, let's be specific, does does a doc need to care about data and the metrics? What what should they care about? What you know, is there anything they should be you know in tune with? Is there anything that should be alarming? Is what you know what's a win? What's not a win? Is it something that you know? I know the platforms have talked about taking those things away because they can be vanity metrics at times, not really showcasing the impact. Do you think they're leading indicators, non indicators? What are your thoughts? Uh, I, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, they are good and bad. Um, it, data is interesting, but it shouldn't be a driving force. And what I mean by that is, uh, we've referred to Seth Godin over and over again. And one of one of his best lines to sort of summarize this topic is, uh, if if what you're driven by is the data and the metrics, then you should just copy what the Kardashians do, because they basically they've got the data, they've got the metrics, right? If you're driven by the data then they've mastered it. Now, if you're a fashion brand, that's, that's what they do. And not even all fashion brands. You're a Kardashian fashion brand for whatever that means, good and bad. So metrics can be interesting to inform you in some cases, but metrics can be damaging, even depressing in other cases. So I think of them as, as uh, an interesting artifact. Um, and you know, it's 
interesting when lots of people do like things, uh, and it's interesting when people don't like things, but you really still need to be the driver of your messaging. I'll give you a perfect example. One of our core drivers to what we believe works is the concept of what we call a daily dose of inspiration, right? So the commitment to be able to share an inspirational Facebook post or inspirational Instagram post every single day. Many of our clients do not yet have this raging fan response from these inspirational messages. So I've had plenty of people argue, and especially marketing experts who love the data, who say, well, see, you're posting these inspirational messages and people aren't engaging, therefore it doesn't work. And I'd say, okay, well, maybe for some people it doesn't work, but it depends on how you're thinking about it, what your expectation of it is, and what you do with it. Because inspirational messages every day are the perfect excuse to invite people to actually join you on your Facebook page, which many chiropractors aren't doing because they're stuck in the passive, well, when, when they want it, they'll go to Google and find my website and I pay extra to be first. That's the way most of them will, will find me because they're very limited in the, well, people that don't have pain don't know why they should see a chiropractor and that chicken or egg deal. Well, how would they ever know if you don't teach them? So, you know, sort of in summary, the idea is that if you, you, if you understand the purpose and reason for putting your content out, then, you know, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this himself, right? Millions of followers, but he's the first one to say, seven people saw my post today. <laughs> and that's seven more people that saw it uh, that otherwise wouldn't have seen my message. And wouldn't you know it was free, right? So it's expectation management. Unfortunately, most chiropractors just have no idea what to expect, just like most people don't know what to expect from their chiropractor. And so when people understand you know, you use a chisel for this, you use a hammer for that, you use a screwdriver for this, and if you wanna build something, here's how you put all of those tools together to do what you do, follow the blueprint, that's when people start experiencing amazing things. Every tool does not have to blow up, so to speak, right? Um, it's how you sequence it, it's what your expectations are, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's what's coming into your office. We've talked before, uh, not just about the numbers, right? I would rather have, and it depends on what you're measuring over what time period, I'd rather have less people come to me, but stay with me longer. Many chiropractors just, you know, are desperate to get as many new people into their practice as they can, but most don't stick around. So which metrics are you measuring? Right? So if the vanity metrics of, well, look how many new ones I got is your thing, you go, wow, I got 100 new patients this month. Whenever I hear somebody say that, I go, have you been doing that for a while now? Like, how long have you been in practice getting 100 new ones a month? Because to me, that must mean you got a big back door because they're coming, they must be going, because otherwise there's no way you can have the capacity if they're sticking around. It's impossible. So, you know, metrics can be helpful and they can be hurtful. Most don't know what they're measuring. You know, it'd be like giving an x-ray to a patient and going, you know, here's the data. You got three millimeters, five millimeters, your curve angle is like, well, that's an interesting number, but I don't know what it means.
And I think that's the problem with most chiropractors using these types of metrics. And they go, wow, you know, more is better. Well, depends on more of what, you know. So anyway. I, I agree with you. And, and, I, and my kind of final word of caution, this is almost ties into the email conversation that we had on a previous episode where, you know, be cautious. Uh, uh, you know, if you have a, a third party, maybe it's your website company, maybe it's, you know, whatever it might be, your ad company, that's like, well, we do. So like you can do, we'll do your social media for an additional X amount of dollars or we'll do your email, you know, and it's not the core piece of it. I, I just want to throw out the word of caution it, you know, design matters. We'll talk about this on future episodes. Chances are the design is not that fantastic. The cadence and the consistency just isn't there. Be very, very careful of these sort of add-on components. We talked about it with websites a little bit in terms of like, you know, they'll upcharge you to an SEO package, which should be part and parcel to the website itself. And I've seen the same from some of the companies as well, where they'll add on a social component and we look at what that is yeah. and it's so negligibly, it's going, it's impossible to actually move the needle in any case because there's no campaign, it's not well designed, it's actually, not, there's not enough going out. And the same we see it sometimes with EHRs on, on the email component. That's a great opportunity for a patient reminder if they missed an appointment, but that's not a, a, a aspect of the marketing that you can lean into and rely on. These are really specific things. Email, and as we talked about today, social specifically on Facebook and Instagram, they are places where there need to be core competencies of your practice to build relationships over time. It's not their specialty. It's not these websites companies' specialty. It's very simply uh, a, a way to appease their clients so that when a client goes, do you do social? They're like, yep, check the box, we got it. And and unfortunately, you know, we call this the smart chiropractor because you gotta learn something and actually know what you're talking about. Uh, and when it comes to marketing, unfortunately, most, most don't know something that they need to know. The, the worst reality is those that think they know a lot. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you listen to what they're saying and what their approach is, and it tends to be extremely limited. Um, and or that's not all the information. So you go, oh, I use this website something, but they're the most charismatic people anyway, right? So, uh, you know, their personality is really driving things and they think it's some technology thing. hundred other people use the same technology, they don't get the same results. So um, there's something to learn. And, and you know, hopefully the, the sort of big shift in understanding uh, is that, you know, marketing is more than advertising. And uh, your goal shouldn't be just to get one in at any cost, because uh, many of these deep discounts, actually you lose money for people to come in when you do the math. Um, but it should be to use the metrics. You mentioned metrics, I'll mention one last thing. If you want to use metrics intelligently, then you use the metrics that actually drive action versus metrics that show results. And that doesn't mean you don't look at them, but result-oriented metrics don't drive action. So if you want to use metrics, use metrics to go, how many days in a row did I post? How many emails did I put out on a consistent basis? Uh, you know, how many workshops did I do? Those, that's data that will drive results. That's great data. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And if you're interested in, in learning more about how to have great social media strategy and put it into action, visit thesmartchiropractor.com slash genius. There is a variety of tools there that can help you really step up your marketing as we've discussed. Email, social, 
you name it, and additionally, website. And stay tuned because next week we are going to be talking all about how you can continue to have more predictable revenue, how you can have a payday practice, and ultimately how you can connect with more people in your community in a way that you can be proud of. For Dr. Jason Deitch, I'm Dr. Jeff Langmaid. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye. This episode brought to you by The Smart Chiropractor. At The Smart Chiropractor, we solve the two biggest chiropractic marketing challenges, content and consistency. We combine an incredible content library with powerful automation tools to supercharge your marketing. The result, more new patients, more referrals, and more reactivations with automated digital content marketing. Here's what Dr. Matthew Barnhart had to say. We have loved this. We have already had five patient reactivations from the emails in one week. To learn more and get started, visit thesmartchiropractor.com today.